Hello, everybody, and welcome to Under the Bridge, the only podcast that contains all 13 essential vitamins and minerals. Is that true, though? Is that FDA No, of course approved? it's not true. I was going to say, I beg your pardon? Nobody <laughs> tell the FDA, though. They don't know yet. They know now. It's, it's on air. <laughs> What's the yet here? <laughs> Is there some kind of, like, get rich quick scheme that we don't know about, Cody? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Anyways, I'm the Scarlet Troll, a.k.a. Cody. I'm the Agent Duckman, a.k.a. Nick. And I am Greg, a.k.a. A.k.a. Bob. A.k.a. Bob. Why Bob? <laughs> because last week. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I did listen to the entirety of last week's podcast, even though I wasn't here. Very I apologize good. for my presence not being here. Well, you're here now, and that's the important part. And I am here to make up for lost time, because holy shark, do we have a lot of video games to I'm talk gonna about. I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> Holy shark, do we have a lot of games to talk about. <laughs> Very good. Very good. We do have a lot of gaming news, which is why we're breaking from conventional structure, and we're starting with that. Yes. Because it's been a week of conferences and shows, and everybody's showing things and stuff. Excitement. It's a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Yeah! I got like, a lot of stuff oh to discuss God. with you guys. <laughs> that was a yes, by the way. For real. So, I'll go ahead and, and introduce it. Like, you know, obviously, I, rec- I would not recommend anybody who's interested, get, definitely go watch those smaller conferences, too. Not just the big ones. We're going to focus on the Summer Games Fest and the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase here. I have a couple of games from the Gorilla Collective I want to talk about. Uh, the Gorilla Collective is awesome. There's a lot of really cool indie games coming to Steam, Switch, like uh, uh, PC, uh, everywhere. I would definitely recommend checking out some of those smaller devs, giving them support. There's a lot of really cool games that we're not going to talk about here. We're just going to hit the keynotes because I don't want this to be a five and a half hour podcast. Because so. it could easily with all the stuff that was shown over the weekend. Yeah, there was easily like at least a couple thousand games showed off. <laughs> not while yeah. I'm editing. <laughs> not while you're editing, but uh, I just want to take the, the, the second before we start saying, yeah, definitely go check out some of these smaller games that were intro- introduced and announced because they're definitely worth looking at. So. Yeah, definitely take a look at the indie stuff because, well, it's kind of the thing that video games have to start somewhere, and it's with people like these. And honestly, like our indie scene, we're, we're really in a, one of the most creative and interesting times for gaming when it comes to indie developers, so mm-hmm. there's a lot, of, a lot of focus on that. There was a lot of focus in the Xbox and the Summer Games Fest on um, on indie games, and they all look pretty nice, So, but we're going to get right started with the Summer Games Fest. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is Aliens Dark Descent. It's Focus Interactive's next alien game. It's mm-hmm. apparently, from what I've... Because the show trailer didn't really sh- tell it, like go into this too much. It's an RTS set in the Aliens franchise, so it's a real time strategy. Nothing really to be like shown off gameplay wise, other than it's going to be 2023 release and it's Aliens. So mm-hmm. could be hit or miss, honestly, in my opinion. Focus Interactive is one of those companies where you either love them or hate them, or they, they, they either make a good game or, or a meh game. You know, it's never never anywhere in the middle. Fair. So. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Following directly from that is Callisto Protocol. This one has a lot of hype around it. So uh, it's made by a newcomer, Striking Distance Studios. Now, the creator of this studio and the, uh, is the creative lead behind Dead Space. And oh. this game... Yeah, so it's the same guy who did Dead Space doing a third-person sci-fi horror shooter. So you you know connect the dots. Dead Space is getting a, re- a remake this year, but the original creator left and made this game oh, instead. Oh, you know, so. I think I saw that was at Sony State of Play too, wasn't it? Correct. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was showed off in State of Play, but it went into a little bit more in depth details. A new trailer came out and stuff at the Summer Games Fest. So. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it looks very interesting, uh, but yeah, I didn't know it was made by the creator of Dead Space till like, this afternoon, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense why there's a lot of hype around it. It definitely looks pretty cool, the mechanics look pretty awesome, the monsters look pretty cool. I like the designs of everything. December 2nd, 2022 is the release for that. 
Okay. Okay. Which Fire is the next game I want to talk about, made by the Astronauts. Basically, these are the creative leads leads from the Painkiller and Bulletstorm franchises. All right. And they came together to make basically Doom, but witches and magic and guns. (laughs) Sounds pretty awesome. Now I'm kind of sad I didn't really watch any of these, because there's nothing in that I don't like. The, yeah. Which fire looks awesome. It's it's a uh, 90s style shooter, but I think you're a mage that infuses his gun with magic and Ooh. shoots like like heretics basically. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of games that I I'm going to make a brief mention here with War- Warhammer 40K is making a game like that called um uh what is it? Death Bolt? Which Dark yeah, Tide? No, not Dark Tide. We'll talk about Dark Tide in a okay. minute. This is this is called Death Bolt or something like that. It's essentially a first-person shooter from the 90s, but Warhammer. All it's right. awesome. <laughs> okay. How many boys does it take to make a red speeder go faster? <laughs> okay. This is actually something that goes right into what we normally talk about. Marvel's Midnight Sun game by Firaxis uh, was showed off a little Ooh. bit. Uh, we, we, we got some more roster reveal of Spider-Man and Venom. Hmm. Both very well known for their association with the Midnight Suns. Very magical. I'm being sarcastic. That's the thing. The roster is very, very weird for this game. You would think that they would have a lot more. Like the like. Also, Iron Man and Captain America are also on the roster, which don't make sense at all. But no. we got magic. We got magic, but also the end of the trailer shows off a demented Hulk that has horns, and it looks really cool. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. And I don't know who the villain is off the top of my head. I don't hear her name. It's some sort of sorceress character. Mm. But basically, she's controlling all these these demons, and you know, starting to wreak havoc on the world. And you take you basically, it, it's awesome. It's XCOM but Marvel. Like, like I, I'm excited as hell for it. <laughs> it has an October seventh release date. I will be buying that day one. Next thing to talk about is Cuphead, uh, the delicious last course, the DLC. <laughs> that is a name. Isn't this the DLC that's been like in development for a long ass time? Well, yes, but look, you have to realize, you know, Cuphead was painstakingly made using the technology from the 40s and 50s. Like, the animation style and everything is all made out of technology using, like, they literally, like, recorded all the music using old ways of recording it. And they they made every, all the animation was stenciled and everything. It takes a while to make stuff for that game. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the DLC is finally coming out. It's a whole new story, a new character. It looks really awesome. Uh, it comes out June 30th, so at the end of the month. So that's really, really, really hype. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that game, myself included. I will probably be picking that up myself. Nice, okay. uh, nice. Not really my cup of tea, but I will. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! I just realized. Oh wait, I have Cuphead. It's on my Switch. I need to get the <laughs> DLC for that then. Last thing to talk about for the Summer Games Fest, at least, is uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, which is Vermintide but in 40k. And instead of fighting rats and shark, you're fighting heretics. So <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm definitely into that. That looks really awesome. It comes out in September of this year. Fat Shark really looks like they've they've really outdone themselves. It looks super gory and gross and awesome, just like Warhammer should be. Contrary to what you might think, I don't actually know anything about 40k other than orcs have latent psychic abilities, and if you convince enough of them of a thing, they will make it so. That is the full extent of my Warhammer knowledge. (laughs) I know nothing else. So, we're going to move on to, before we talk about the Xbox One, we're going to briefly brush on two games I think that need to be spoken about, about the Gorilla Game Collective. Arkanoid is getting a new game. It's Arkanoid Battle Royale, y'all. <laughs> oh. So okay. it's Breakout, basically, but it's competitive Breakout with, like, 42 other players. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So I'm super, super excited for that. There's also a whole bunch of other modes with it. You know, it's it's an Arkanoid collection, basically, but the new game mode is a Battle Royale mode. So I'm very interested to see how that's going to play out. It comes out at fall and the end of the year, so it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Taito obviously made that game for, you know, credit and everything. The next game is an indie game that I really am interested in. It's called Slope Crashers. It's an arcade snowboard game, kind of like Snowboard Kids, with animals. It comes, <laughs> it's by a smaller developer named Bite Pirate. It comes out at the end of the year. Really, really looking forward to this. I think snowboarding games need to come back. They're really fun, uh, really fun competitive games. This one has items, I believe. You play as cute little animals. They have like a fox. They have a bear. It looks really awesome. I see a toucan here. and That has me very excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, isn't I think there's a capybara as well. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it, it's a really cute looking game. I actually really want it. <laughs> okay. There's so anybody, there's definitely a lemur. Yes. There's definitely a lemur. My God. Yes, it looks quite awesome. I miss tagging uh, the power of Juju. The sandboarding <laughs> and snowboarding were not great, but they existed. <laughs> so before we move on to the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, anybody have any games to add that they've looked at that they? That looks interesting. So for me, one of the ones, and I think this was shown during the Gorilla Collective, is a game that I only found out about this because a customer at work told me about it, and I've just been kind of slowly, like quietly following it. One of the games shown was a little game called Choo Choo Charles. And, <laughs> and the basic premise... The game. Yes. <laughs> the basic premise is that it's a survival horror game. It's going to be on Steam. I think it's only going to be on Steam. And the basic premise is that you basically have a tiny little red train car and you're like going around this island trying to collect supplies, make your train car like stronger and give it guns. And the reason why you're giving it guns is because the entire time you're going around the island, you are being followed by this like possessed spider legged train car um, who has a cult. And eats flesh. And eats flesh. It, I, I, I swear to God, I feel like the person who made this, because it's only made by one dude, his favorite things growing up were Thomas the Tank Engine and Resident Evil. Because that's <laughs> the vibes I get from this. It's this really weird mix of like really cool, really terrifying, in a little weird-ass way, kind of adorable in all honesty. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, it yeah. looks like something that I would kind of like. It looks uh, insane. Yeah, <laughs> one of, uh... I would like to read one of the reviews from PC Gamer about this. Uh, it's it's pretty great. Okay. Choo Choo Charles is a very bad train, but you have a machine gun. Good luck. <laughs> that's, the, that's the quote. I like it. I dig it. I would play this game, but I think it's going to give me nightmares. Yeah, one of our longer, like, with us customers told me about it. He's like, you should check this out. It's like something that's in the works. I looked, looked it up. It's like, this looks amazing. <laughs> 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 I I hate horror. I do not like horror games, but I really want to play this. <laughs> should we move into the um, Xbox and Bethesda showcase since that's the bulk of what was actually hype? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> Let, let's start off right off the bat with Starfield. What does everybody feel after looking at the final gameplay reveal of it? I, I honestly, to be completely honest, it kind of looks meh. Bold of you to assume I looked at it. Uh, so Starfield's weird with me. I know that Starfield is kind of, sort of, kind of a, a staple in games, but I don't really have any strong opinions to it one way or another. It looks it, interesting. It uh, looks interesting. 
it's not finished, obviously. Oh, the gunplay is very, very, very stale. They need to work on the gunplay or else yeah. it's going to really... It literally did not look fun to play as a gun... Like, the gunplay-wise, it didn't look Greg, fun. Greg, how could it be a staple if it's not out yet? <laughs> Isn't Star... No, I'm probably thinking of something else. Moving you on. You're probably thinking of Starcraft? Yes. Starcraft. Yes, okay, am. Starcraft. Starcraft is completely different. Starfield is Bethesda's new um, RPG series that they're doing. Okay. I don't know what's more disturbing: the fact that <laughs> that is what you were thinking of, or the fact that I knew that's what you were thinking of. <laughs> Regardless, it's Bethesda Softworks' next big game. Todd Howard did a whole presentation on it, so take everything that was said with a grain of salt. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that he said is that there are, thou- there are literally hundreds of thousands of planets that you can just plant, like land anywhere on the planet. Sure, Todd, I'll believe it when I see it. Where have I um, heard that before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, Todd. Yeah, like it's you see that mountain over there, you can climb it. Yeah, <laughs> like sure, Great. sure, Todd. Neat. It looks pretty mad. The only thing that really is interesting is that you give you full customization for your ships, so you can make some pretty crazy ships. There's full ship combat. There's full like you can move. You can literally go to every planet. Like traversal in in your ship is pretty cool. Am I hearing the gummy garage? The gummy garage, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. But it's very cool. It's very interesting. Like, the the only thing I don't find interesting is that the gameplay just looks very stale and bland. And they need to do something. It kind of came out with a bang, but, like, died with a whimper. Mm. Kind of, in my opinion, there are a lot of other things that were a lot more hype at this conference. Uh, It it was definitely cool to see the gameplay finally, but uh, it it just looks kind of like your standard Bethesda game. Nothing... That needed a delay a whole another year for. Yeah. What did look really interesting and actually makes is something that I think was worth waiting for was Redfall, which also got delayed to let in the next year. It was supposed to come out at the tail end of this year. That opened the show, actually. Yeah. It's a co-op hero-based vampire shooter. <laughs> it looks really fun. Uh, Arcane, obviously, the, the Dishonored people, uh, they went really... It's basically Left for Dead, but with vampires. It looks awesome. All right. What's cool about it is you can also play the game stealth. There's a stealth mechanics added into the game. And with a co-op shooter, that's really interesting. All the powers look really fun. And like all, all the characters look like they have their own gimmick. That makes you feel like you're powerful and can take on these vampires. Honestly, it's a very interesting idea. I really like it. You're basically trapped on an island outside of Massachusetts called Redfall. And uh, it's invaded by tons of tons and tons of vampires. And you're trying to get off the island. So instead of Rudy so. Tooty Point and Shooty, it's Hey There Buddy, Suck Your Bloody? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm proud of that. I'm going to trademark it. That's my newest Get Rich Quick scheme. Forget about this vitamins and minerals nonsense. Oh my god. <laughs> I do remember um, when we were watching the show at work, it was a thing of when that first started. It's like, this is, like, of all the things for me to notice in the trailer, my, the first thing I said was, that is a very pink shotgun. <laughs> and then as I got started with all the other stuff, I was like, okay, this looks like a horrifying but still really neat time. It, it looks, looks fun. amazing. Yeah, graphic-wise, it looks beautiful. Yeah, so I'll be calling that one. I will be playing it. It comes out on Game Pass. Most of these games are coming out on Game Pass Day 1, which are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Hollow Knight Silk Song finally got revealed. It That's exists! <laughs> <laughs> it exists finally. They shut off a trailer. There's no announced date yet, but you know it's it's it exists. Everybody and they showed it off at the conference. It's like Kingdom Hearts three. It technically exists. <laughs> Silk Song's been rumored for years. Oh man, the rumor mill has started for years about this. Finally, it, it finally got announced. So everybody's can just shut up about it. Finally, Silk Song's there. Not until I have it. 
Yeah. Here's the most interesting thing from the entire conference, I think. The most interesting play that Xbox has made. They partnered with Riot. League, Wild Drift, Runeterra, Teamfight, all the League games, and Valorant are all on Game Pass or PC with all of the heroes unlocked. League is oh. in League of Legends. League of Legends, yes. Okay. How's that supposed to work? <laughs> no, it's not going to Xbox. It's going to oh. Game Pass on PC. Oh. I see. I see. Okay. But that's a huge partnership, and that's a huge selling point for a lot of people to sign on to the service for. Mm. And with Tencent Space, like, League being one of the most popular games pretty much that's ever been made in terms of multiplayer experiences, and with a good percentage of, like, say, the Asian population being into these kind of games and having a huge install base in China and Japan and Korea... This is a huge push to try, I feel like this is a huge push to try to get those players to kind of get get into the Game Pass market. It seems like this there is a theme with this this um conference and that was we want to get more Japanese games onto the system. Mm. Uh and get more Japanese players involved, get more Japanese, get more Korean, get more Chinese people invi- involved or Chinese players involved with the game and get get them into the ecosystem because they want to try to expand outside of just being an American thing to being a world thing. And this is a huge push in that direction, I feel. Riot partnering with Xbox is huge. Mm-hmm. Tencent is one of the biggest companies, period, on the, on the, on the planet. Like, they out, they outshine Microsoft themselves in terms of market share. Huh. So, yeah, they're, like, one of the top three game companies. So, like, it's pretty, it's pretty significant news. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge selling point for the platform for a lot of people. Forza, take it away. Take it away, Greg. <laughs> 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 All right, so I mean, sure, I'll give it my best shot. So we got the reveal trailer and a short um, gameplay demo. Well, it's not even a gameplay demo. It's more of an in-engine, like, tech demo of the upcoming Forza Motorsport game. And it is just called Forza Motorsport. I believe they Get said, on like, with the squirrel jokes! Are, 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 are they doing a full re- um, like revamp of the series? Are they completely, or are they just, like, renaming it? From what I understand, this the upcoming game is supposed to be something of a soft reboot for the motorsport side of Forza. Oh, so sense. we're losing all that rich, complex motorsport lore? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shit-talking, ignore me. Okay. But yes, Forza Motorsport was um, actually given a gameplay review. We've known about the game for a little over a year now. It's releasing spring of next year. It sounds like, by all by all accounts, that it will be a current-gen only title, so it will not be on Xbox One at all. It's only going to be on the Series S and X, which I'm completely okay with. It gives me a reason to... I now have a reason to buy a Series X. Here, Here's the problem, though. Like... Those systems are still very hard to get. In the oh, ecosystem. undoubtedly. X and S, not as much, but like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's the reason why a lot of these games are coming out on both is because they don't want to like, they want to be able to get sales. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of cool with it. It's one of those things where we, I feel like it's finally time for um, developers to move on to the current systems, even with all the supply issues, because there's only so much that new games could be held back by roughly 10 year old technology at this point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but otherwise, it looks good. Um, like I said, they did show a gameplay demo of like kind of like the more 
it was a lot more focused on the graphics and for what it's lore the g- game looks. You see this amazing. water? You see how it like weathers? Do you yeah. see the weathering? Like it, it felt like the Call of Duty dog talk. Yeah. <laughs> remember remember Call of Duty Ghost where like where the dog has AI. The dog's There's like a good dog. So aggressive AI. One of the things it's funny you mentioned that mentioned that. One of the things that got me thinking during that demo, because as good as it looks, like the game looks amazing graphically at least, it was kind mm-hmm. of the thing of I couldn't help but think about how it's funny how game developers and studios and publishers can show you features that for all intents and purposes are not new at all but it's fascinating how they can present them in a way where you still get excited like instantly like in oh the- my god guys weather detail oh my god guys crash details on a car wow yeah, it's one of those wow. where on an individual level what they've shown for those for the game does look impressive but part of my brain can't help but go. It's like, because this is the first Forza uh, Motorsport game that has, like, dynamic time of day and red weather on the tracks. And it's one of those things where it's like, this is really cool. But various games have done this for, like, a decade. <laughs> and not so much in the detail of, the of like, the damage and whatnot, but it's kind of one of those things where I know it's a bit more niche, but you could find stuff like that in certain PC racing sims. I feel like it's cool to have this all come to the to the consoles the fact that it's all coming to the consoles is kind of a big deal for me personally as good as it looks and as beautiful as it looks and all that none of that matters until we get more information about how the game plays and how the career structure is like let's be honest the game's gonna play exactly the same like the rest of the forza games hey guys i got a brand new idea it's completely revolutionary it's gonna change the metagame like you've never seen before microtransactions no, actually, it's funny. Forza tried that a few years ago, got hot shit for it, and took it out. And Very haven't good. touched it since. Yeah, they learned a lesson good. quick. Oh, I just felt like making a this has been in other games for 10 years joke. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's my Which problem. Which at this point, kind of right sad. Now. Microtransactions fall under that, but. Yep. I mean, that's my Greg, problem. Greg, you want to just transition straight into the Microsoft Flight Sim stuff? Yeah, because I was going to talk about in the Hot Wheels DLC. Actually, I, I oh, kind of want to talk about the hot wheels dlc next as a more let's do that first segue. so Eat that yeah <laughs> shut up <laughs> so alongside no. the alongside the forza motorsport reveal we got the first trailer for the hot wheels expansion dlc for forza horizon 5 this is the first expansion for forza horizon 5 which is a little different to how it normally sets up usually for the horizon games the first dlc is something more realistic based in reality and the second one is a kind of balls to the wall whatever dlc but even still this looks awesome there was a hot wheels dlc for horizon 3 i personally think it's the best dlc for the sub-series made and this just takes it up to 11 it's a huge map 125 miles of road just on the expansion map itself um, 10 new cars the highlights for me being the hennessy venom f5 which is allegedly the fastest American sports car ever made. It's supposedly can exceed 300 miles an hour. The Brabham BT62, which is basically the first like Australian supercar ever. The Subaru Rallycross supercar, one of my favorite off-roaders. And just the various Hot Wheels cars, including the Diora 2 from, um, oh god, what was the Hot Wheels show from like when we were kids? <laughs> World Racers. Um... God, I world... weirdly remember that. Yeah, it's basically the newer version of one of the World Racers cars and just a lot of other cool stuff. One of the big things with that is that 
there's an event lab setting in the game where you can make your own tracks and whatnot, and they did confirm that you can make your own events and tracks with Hot Wheels pieces. So you can make amazing. your own like Hot Wheels tracks and whatnot. So that's looking like a good time. It's not going to come out until, I think it's like July 16th or 17th um, next month, but that All looks right. like a good time. And then we also got a kind of reveal of a lot of stuff coming to Flight Simulator. Now, I don't play Flight Simulator, although after the trailer that was shown, I now have a reason to. Because they're adding a lot of cool stuff. They're adding, they show like a whole bunch of new aircraft and like planes, helicopters, stuff like that. I like the old stuff. I like the yeah. Spirit of St. Louis and the, uh, the the Wright Brothers plane. That's really cool. No, the Wright Brothers plane caught my attention immediately. I'm like, that was actually the thing that made me go, I have to download this game. That is amazing. No one gives a shit about the Wright Brothers plane, so I'm it, very happy It's pretty cool. That. The Spirit of St. Louis, a very historically um, important plane that was Charles Lindbergh's plane, right? Yes, that was unfortunately know, yeah. flown by Charles Lindbergh, who is a terrible human being. Um, a couple other cool things, and of course, in the last 40 seconds, they decided to just be like, oh, by the way, the Pelican from Halo? Yeah, you can fly that too. And that's the coolest thing that's ever been shown. Like, the, I, yeah, our friend uh, and friend of the show, Chase. Uh, oh boy, you should have seen his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I showed my best friend that the trailer because she's in the Halo Two, and it's like for the first like bit of it, she was kind of like, you know, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's kind of boring. Don't care. And then the Pelican shows up with the Halo music, and she's like, literally, kind of jumps out of her seat a little bit. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> It's a cool idea, and also, if you didn't see it, it's the map. The map is actually the Halo map. Yeah. It's cool. No, I, I like, as soon as we're done here, I'm actually going to download Flight Simulator, because it's on Game Pass, and it's Have fun, man. It's like, do you know how big it is? Oh, I have an idea. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like 150 gigs, and that's without the new updates. What? Well, thank goodness. I, yeah. No, it's like, it's like Bing Maps. It's based on, like, all of Microsoft's data about the world. Thank all God right. for my four terabyte portable hard drive. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And half of it's going to be taken up by flights. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am going to download that as soon as we're done here. Like, full dis- full disclosure. Yep. And that's all the stuff I really want to talk you about. You mean after honestly. you upload your audio? Well, that too. But- <laughs> okay. Fine. So moving on, <laughs> moving on briefly, we got uh we got Overwatch Two had a trailer of a new hero. Uh, we got Junker Queen. I could give two shits about Overwatch at this point. Same. She looks like she belongs in a Mad Max Fortnite event. Yes, that I, is oddly accurate. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, completely. <laughs> I dig the design. Yeah, I dig her design too. But Overwatch Two, I mean. I, I don't know. This game lost Steam for me. Well, I, I, there's other games that are substitutes well, it, to the market that are just a lot better. It's not Steam. It's Blizzard. I I, I hate you. I hate me too. Uh, I also miss Overwatch, but not enough to play it again. No. Uh, I'll follow uh, it. Overwatch it two. Out. I mean, what else is there to say? It's Overwatch two. It's, yeah. it's just Overwatch, but more of it. I'll probably hmm. give it a shot eventually when it comes out. We'll see. Speaking about something that we get more of. Arc 2, it's about family. 
Is that <laughs> what? Ah, ah, Vin ah. Diesel stars in the Arc Two trailer. Oh yes. no! Vin Diesel's going to be in Arc Two. <laughs> He's going to be in Arc Two in the story mode, I believe. There's an actual story mode that's coming to it. I think it's like Vin Diesel and The Rock are both going to be in it. Oh my god! How? Yeah. How? Well, I guess yeah. they can just record their audio separately, so it doesn't matter. They don't have yeah. to ever interact with each other. Oh my! But like, Vin Diesel. It's all about family, guys. It's all about our dinosaur family. They're setting up the Fast and the Furious pre- uh, and Jurassic Park. Uh, Don't you uh, do that. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. No, please, no. That, that series it's should gonna have It's going to be an arc movie. It's going to be an arc movie. And that, that's how they're going to set up uh, the, the cars. Oh, God. We, I don't want to think can about we this pass this? <laughs> Minecraft Legends. It's a Minecraft RTS. Yes. I yes, thought please. this looked cool. Huh? I, I think it looks really cool. I, I thought it looked cool when they showed it. So, yeah, Cody, it's a completely new game by Mojang. It's a literal RTS by Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Whereas you basically go around recruiting um, recruiting allies and using those allies to fight an evil force that we really have. I think it's like the Illagers mixed with some demons. So Okay. Yeah, it looks oddly really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Um... Another game that everyone's really looking forward to, including myself, Diablo 4. We finally got the Necromancer was announced as the last party member. Uh, rounding out the cast, I believe it's the Sorcerer, the Barbarian, the Druid, and now the Necromancer. So uh, that's our that's our base four for Diablo 4. All right, that's all well, fine and good, but I have a very important question to ask you guys. Correct. Yes. You have phones, right? I hate you. <laughs> Different game. Different game already came out. I am I know, not going but to. Still. Like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not going to indulge. <laughs> I'm, Diablo 4, I'm never everybody. letting them live it down. Never. <laughs> Either you love Diablo or you hate it. It's coming out soon, and I actually am pretty hyped for it. It looks really fun. Uh, the leveling system is insane. Uh, the uh, skill system, like the, the amount of skills that you can get in the game, they've really kind of gone balls to the walls with it i'm very very hyped for it it's going to probably be my time sink when it comes out my, like like most of the world <laughs> and it's blizzard microsoft so you can't feel bad about it so <laughs> i'm um, sorry why can't you feel bad about it because it's it's the microsoft blizzard oh it's, you mean because it's not the the cosby sweet blizzard okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Post, post cosby sweet blizzard uh, we gotta talk about pre and post cosby sweet so when you talk about blizzard so yeah the next three things were the la- last three things that I really thought of, of note, other than the Starfield came right after those, but I, I decided to talk about these all in the same thing. Phil Spencer came out and made a commitment to trying to get more Japanese developers on the system. All right. And three big things were announced during this conference that are huge, in my opinion. One uh, isn't as big, it's just cool. There's a game called Wolong Fallen Dynasty by Team Ninja, the people that made Nio. Uh, okay. It's, it it looks really awesome, and I think it's following Japanese mythology. Uh, it, it looks vaguely connected to Dynasty Warriors, but I don't think it is. I just think it's the setting that kind of throws it off for me. Fallen Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, the gameplay hasn't been shown off. It was just a cinematic. It looks really cool. All these really powerful spells and uh, beefy men with beefy swords. It looks really awesome. Definitely up my alley. I'm probably going to be picking that one up uh, once I kind of see gameplay. It's just been called a Japanese action game online. There's not really, you know, a, a specific kind of genre it's been thrown in. So, yep. Here is the two biggest pieces from this conference, other than the Riot partnership. Persona's coming to Xbox. 
Yes, Persona 3, 4 Golden, and 5 Royal are all coming to Xbox. 5 Royal coming to Game Pass, and it's coming in October. Also, specifically, it's Persona 3 Portable. Yeah, th- Persona 3 Portable, because it adds the extra playable character, I believe. Yeah, it's it's a notable distinction, because Persona 3 Portable is not a complete by itself version, because it doesn't have the epilogue that Fess has, hmm. but it is still... It seems like it's what Atlas is leaning towards as the definitive edition of Persona 3, which... Hey, whatever. All I'm gonna say about that is I'm either about to be really disappointed I got physical Persona 3 Portable when I did, or I'm about to be really happy that I got physical Persona 3 Portable when I did. <laughs> yeah, depending on how good the port is, yeah. That price is either gonna go down or it's gonna go up. I honestly yep. don't think it'll affect the price at all. Or at least not to a particular Well, P4 consumer. Golden's already pretty pretty pricey. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially... I th- I and that one's the, on Steam. I figure already. the... Mm-hmm. The most noteworthy is Persona 3 Portable. Although a co-worker did mention it's like, are they going to call it Portable on the Xbox? Because that doesn't really work being on an Xbox. That name doesn't work. <laughs> well, it's the name of the edition. So yeah. It, I feel like they kind of have to keep it. It's kind of the, the release because it's just a distinction from Persona 3. I have a feeling that game will still be 200 odd dollars for, for the foreseeable Fair. future. <laughs> In which yeah. case, I'll still be happy I got it when I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next, the next big news, and this is the last thing I have for this for the conference to talk. Kojima is partnering with Xbox for a new game. The Christopher Nolan of gaming strikes again. <laughs> but it's huge. It's a huge noteworthy thing because Kojima Productions obviously partnered with Sony for Death Stranding, mm-hmm. uh, and he, uh, there is a leak of his other game. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but. This game is neither of those, and it's going to be an Xbox title. So he's basically Kojima Productions is no longer a first-party PlayStation uh, studio from what we thought it was. That's definitely now, interesting. Yeah, it's a third party, and uh, I mean, I guess I guess Death Stranding went to PC, but PlayStation games go to PC now. So like, yeah, it's not, not only a distinction, but the fact that PlayStation just lost Atlas and mm. uh, Kojima Games uh, Productions, you know, as as exclusives are huge, in my opinion, for the console market. Yeah. Um, also, the Riot partnership is just insane. They already didn't have exclusive, exclusive with Atlas, because Atlas also developed quite a few things for Nintendo. Well, yes, they did, but, like, I mean, a good point on that, but, you know, the Persona series never really went to PlayStation, uh, never went to Xbox, it was always a PlayStation Yeah, thing. and even the Persona series also never really, really went to Nintendo. Just like, a, just a spinoff. We got yeah. Strikers, but... Mm-hmm. Strikers also went to, I, I no, not to Xbox, went to Steam. It That's went right. to PS4, too, so... Yeah. But... Uh, that's all I have for the conferences. There's a lot of big revelations here, a lot of big things to look forward to. Uh, I- I'm just going to round out the gaming section real quick so that way we can move on to the movie stuff. Very quickly, we got new releases this week. I'm not going to talk about the history of stuff because, you know, why would I with this week? There's too much to talk about. Forget yeah. about the past. Let's focus on the future. Let's focus on the future this week. Uh, the biggest release this week, in my opinion, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It comes out at the end of the week. It is a beat 'em up. They also during this conference announced that Casey Jones is also a playable character. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's up to six players. By the way, uh, you have obviously Michael Michelangelo, Raphael, Leonardo, and uh, Donatello. But then you also have you have April O'Neil, Splinter, and Casey Jones as the roster. So like, there's a lot of characters you can play as. All right. 
Yeah, it looks really awesome. It looks like just a, a love letter to, to, to uh, Turtles in Time. So they're really going... I'm going to totally pick that up. Probably, honestly, this is a Switch game, in my opinion. I think this is a perfect game for the platform. Uh, it's a pickup. It's a pickup co-op game. You can play it with like multiple people having it all on one screen. That's a great Switch game right there. Yeah, that's my highlight of the week. Uh, other games we have. Uh, the Capcom show happened right before we started recording, Cody, and I, I did watch it. Nothing really notable came out of it. Fair. Uh, pre- other than President Evil Village. President Evil. Two. Sorry, President Evil Village Three and and Two are getting re-releases on Five today. Okay. So, like, those just got announced, and they came out the same day. Uh, also, uh, for Village fans, it's getting a definitive edition that I'll just throw in here uh, that uh, gives us third-person mode, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they're doing a, and a completely new story, by the way, with the, with the main character's uh, daughter. So, ah? yeah, pretty Very cool. Good. An indie game called Lumber Jack is coming out on uh, every console. Please today, tell me basically. you're a Lumberjack who's a bear. <laughs> yes, you are, and you play do puzzles. I don't need puzzles. to know anything else about this game. I immediately love it. Yeah. <laughs> a game called Neon White, which is an anime first-person shooter puzzle platformer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Yeah, it it is a bizarre-looking game. I've seen gameplay of it before. It looks very fun. You really kind of just have to watch the trailer. It, it's made it's made for specific people. If it's if it's up your alley, it's up your alley. It looks really good. Starship Troopers is getting a, a real-time strategy game uh, this Friday. It's called Starship Troopers Terran Command. Uh, it's a mobile game, but it still is, is relevant to talk about. It's going to Steam, so I would consider it more if it's going to Steam, you know? Yeah. It, it looks pretty pretty all right, you know? It's it's a real-time strategy game, but with Starship Troopers, so, like, why wouldn't you want to play it? <laughs> Other than that, we've got uh, Red Out 2, another racing game coming to every console. Woo! Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually rounds it out right there. So that's pretty much all of our releases this week. And that's pretty much all I have for the gaming section. You want to just transfer right into trailers or trailers and the news or whatever we're doing? Uh, you know what? Let's go with... Let's go with trailers. Okay, trailers. So okay. I think the big one that came out this week, obviously, Black Adam. Black Adam looks fucking amazing. Sorry for the... F, no, it's know. fine at this point. We're well in. Okay. I'm going to hard... We're well in. But I am going to hard disagree. I look, I think it looks awesome. I hate The Rock. I hate... I, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like everything about Black Adam, but Black Adam. Okay. I like everything surrounding the movie, but his portrayal. Because his portrayal is just The Rock. I'll cop to that, because I do like the design of the Justice Society. That's that's what I'm more excited about. I'm more excited about that. And I, I, To me, The Rock is playing The Rock, not Black Adam. Not only that, it's so... I hate the comedic moments in this because Black Adam should not be a funny guy and should not be framed as funny. He's an asshole. He's an anti-hero at best, but usually he's a murderous fucking asshole. And I... God! I, I, I am not looking forward to him inevitably getting turned into a on-the-grayer-side good guy even more because The Rock is influencing his portrayal. Uh, for me, it's at least for the comedic, comedic moment specifically. I have a few; those were kind of weird for me. I didn't feel like that it was so much trying to make Black Adam funny. I think it was more a thing of having Black Adam like do Black Adam things, but tr- the writers are trying to make the, the his situation look funny, even though it's a thing like no Black Adam just like 
like yeeted a guy in he his face and murdered, murdered that man. Him. Yeah, he dead like the, that man. Yeah, like there was nothing about that of Black Adam trying to be funny. He looked at him like, "Are you fucking for real?" and then immediately killed him. But no, it's still... I just don't think that should be framed no, as funny. It's really not. I mean, even with regards to that, because that was something that very much did kind of weird me out. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with it. It's one of those things where I'm like, don't completely hate it. I don't think it's going to be a particularly great movie, but I also like would not be opposed to go seeing it. I, uh, I feel like, given it, the fact that DC's currently in a really bad spot when it comes to upcoming releases, this yeah. movie has to do somewhat well. Yeah, and it's going <laughs> okay. to to relatively speaking because well, The Rock is the center star. the The main thing I remember about this trailer, despite having watched it several times now is my least favorite part about it, which is the bit at the end with the truck where they're like, oh, he's coming, quick, ro- okay, come on, come on, come on, and they're rolling up the windows, and he's clearly in front of the truck, and I'm pretty sure this is just, like, editing nonsense or whatever, mm-hmm. but he's in front of the truck at first, and then, as they're rolling up the windows, it then cuts to him, like, sliding backwards towards their window as if he was coming from the back of the truck. Uh, they're gonna fix it in post. <laughs> I'm sure, Probably fix it but in post, it's yeah. so ridiculous looking. It's yeah. so for a movie that comes out in November, it's so bad looking. It's just like sliding into your DMs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about a movie that looks ridiculous but looks fun? Which one? Prey. Yeah. 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 Why does this movie exist? Does it need to exist? Of course not. But you know what? I look forward to seeing if and how this predator gets the shit kicked out of him by people with bows and arrows. As I say, this is one where I'm looking at it, and I'm not very familiar with overall predator lore, but it is kind of thing I saw see in the trailers. I'm like, I don't see how the humans are supposed to win here. So I'm looking forward to seeing like what kind of bullshit way the humans win. <laughs> Why doesn't the predator just hunt the bear? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I- I'm looking forward to Dances with Prey. <laughs> uh, it's it's <laughs> going to be a very fun movie. <laughs> It turns out that the Predator falls in love with one of them and they come from different oh, no. worlds and they have to reach some kind of understanding. Mm. The only reason that she can kill him is because she's autistic and she has a higher plane of the knowledge than him because that's the whole lore of actual Predator. Oh boy, I don't oh know boy. if I'm prepared for that. Th- yeah. That is the actual, that is actually what they, the, the, and the Predator, that is actually how they explain why the predators were on the planet is they were looking for an autistic kid that had that had, was the next level like apparently autism is the next the next level of evolution apparently that's so actually terrible but i'm still looking forward to yeah. this movie can't wait to see how they're going to handle that uh thank, thank you predator <laughs> so nope is the most perplexing this trailer answered None of the questions I had. About I am what this more confused about. about this movie now that this trailer is out. What yeah, is the so. tone? What are they going for? Is it a horror movie? Is it a comedy horror okay, movie? Okay, I am glad I'm not the only person who thought that because the first trailer was like legitimately terrifying. Yeah, the first the first trailer was shot like an actual A twenty four horror movie. Yeah, film. like the, exactly what you would think of when you think, oh, oh, it's a Jordan Peele horror movie. Okay, this looks like comedy, which. A- Action uh, comedy horror. I trust him to pull it off. I do. Oh, I'm just, I do as well. I'm just confused. Well, J- Jordan yeah, Peele is also hilarious, so he can pull off a comedy movie. But like, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. What are you going for? What is your tone? The, the two trailers have such a tonal difference that it's hard to figure out what this movie is going to be. Here's an interesting question: 
Do we think it's actually aliens? Or now that now that they've explicitly addressed that it is aliens, is it something else? Are you doing a whole like long-winded version of a, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's space aliens man thing? No. Yes. <laughs> it's more a thing of... Okay, so when the first trailer came out, we were all positive it was going to be an alien invasion movie and that they were just trying to, you know, play it coy and keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. And now this trailer pretty much confirmed that it's aliens, so that has me, because I don't think Get Out or Us really gave away the game in the trailers. No. So now I'm curious, does that mean that the alien abduction is a smokescreen, and this is actually something terrestrial? Hmm. Mm. What if they're going to pull a werewolf in Fever Swamp, or like Camp Werewolf from R.L. Stein, you know, where it ends up being that they're on another planet? That's a pull. That is a pull and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) Wow. Either way, I cannot wait for this movie. I'm so happy we're only like a month out from this movie, so I only have to wonder about it for so long. I kind of want to catch up on all the other Jordan Peele movies. I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen Get Out or Us? Dude, they're great. You should 100% watch Get Out. Yo, we gotta stream this at some point. Yeah. Also, I want to watch other Daniel Daniel Kaluuya movies, because, you know, apparently he's really huge. He's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of what looks phenomenal, the monsters. We didn't get a lot from the trailer, but I do... It's a screen test. It's yeah, a screen it's a test. Screen That's test. all it is. I very much like the aesthetic. This is the first PG and family friendly film that Ram Zabi's ever doing, uh, ever ever done. No, actually, it was a thing. Like when they showed, um, when I watched the trailer at the end, it's when it goes black. I saw the PG at the bottom, and I did audibly say, "Yeah, fucking right." <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's hard to wrap your head around because it's Rob Zombie. Yeah, like, El Super Bisto is probably. One of my favorite guilty pleasures in terms of animated movies, but mm-hmm. boy, howdy! If you told me Rob Zombie would make a PG monsters movie, I'd say, yeah, right. Pull the other one. <laughs> it's it's a very faithful recreation of the opening. I I like. I mean, I think the cast is all all looks really great. They all look the part. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I I'm gonna wa- probably watch it. It looks very interesting. Uh, obviously, we haven't gotten much. Uh, we just got like a very quick look at it. It's just a teaser. It literally is just a screen test. Yeah. But it, they all look good on camera. I love the colors. I love how poppy and colorful it is. And uh, Rob Zombie actually said something about that in an interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to go with a, a, a cartoon kind of feel to to it because like Technicolor is very poppy. Uh, and he was trying to invoke that feeling of the 60s, and when he when he put all these characters in color, he's like, yeah, this is just a cartoon. We mm. just need to go full with a cartoon, and he just went with it. So I'm interested to see how he's going to do it. I like Rob Zombie. I think he's a really cool, creative guy, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm very interested to see how he's going to do something family-friendly. And his wife's <laughs> playing Lily Munster. Yes, his wife is Willie Mo- Lily Munster. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> Willie Munster. <laughs> Willie Munster. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Regardless, everything looks pretty. Uh, everything looks pretty great. Yeah, I'm looking so. forward to that. I'm glad it comes out this year. Unlike Pause of Fury, which I could stand to wait a very much longer time for. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not immediately drawn to it in any capacity. I did get the feeling with the trailer. It's like, all right, this is the trailer for the parents because there's definitely a, a number. I felt like there were like a good number of like more adult hinted jokes in it i don't know this one 
this one mostly felt exactly the same as the first, just with worse editing. Yeah. No, the editing was not great. I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't hate it, but I also have, like, no major desire to go see it right away. Same. Which, fortunately, uh, that comes out MetroCon weekend. So if there's, cool. if if ever I needed an excuse to not go see something and have an it, episode without a review, it's that it's, one. I'm out of town for the weekend, so <laughs> I might see it because you know I'm not going, so I might just you know that'd be watch a novel it. change. Now you can describe the movie to us. <laughs> yeah, probably, you know what? You know what? Let's do it. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Either way, not super enthused for this one. I would gladly take an opportunity to not go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks alright. I mean, uh, I like Michael Sarah a lot, so he's good. I, I just it looks a little I mean, too. There's a there's this there's an insanely good cast in this. You got yeah George Takei. You got Mel Brooks. You got Sam Jackson. What is this? I mean Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias. I could live without Gabriel Iglesias. I'm gonna be honest. So. Fair. Oh. Um, re- regardless, you know, uh, I don't know. It looks, it looks like it's, it's a movie yep. for sure. <laughs> so I guess we're good to move on to general news then. Yes. Coming much later than usual, but huzzah. May I suggest an opening? Yes. I would like to talk about the Duke Nukem movie cause I'm super excited for it. Go ahead. <laughs> we got a Duke Nukem movie confirmed to be in production or, or, or I don't know if it's pr- confirmed to be in production, but it's been greenlit. From Legendary Entertainment. Yes, uh, and all I can say is, please don't be Chris Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 that would no, 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 no. No, I kind of want to see that. I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) How about Josh Brolin? Or is he too old for that now? I could totally see it. Like, no, as like an older uh, Duke Nukem, like a retiring. Like this is his last time. Like, like doing. Like he's gonna go out with a bang, baby, and this is like you know the the, the old Duke. You know what? I would, I... To hear Josh Brolin say all the over the top, insane things he oh. says would be absolutely worth it. <laughs> yes, yes, I would. I, I, I honestly, Josh Brolin for Duke Nukem, I will be one hundred percent fine with that. It's being cre- it's being uh, helmed by the creators of Cobra Kai, Josh Held and uh, John Hershwitz, uh, also Hayden Schlossenberg. Uh, Schlo- Schlossberg, you have a weird name, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh in such a way that I rolled my shoulder funny. <laughs> well done. Oh, no. Oh, no, what? So this isn't the first adaptation that they've tried to do with this. Really? Apparently, there was one in the 90s that was supposed to happen. And more recently, John Cena was attached to a different Duke Nukem movie. Oh, that never no. ended up coming up the life. You know, John Cena could do it. John Cena, could I would, do it. I, I, I would not want to watch it as John Cena. It's just too much of a meme. Mm. You know, honestly, Homelander, Nick- Homelander's whoever does Homelander. Nick, oh. have you seen Peacemaker yet? No, I haven't. I recommend watching that, or watching. I forget. Have you seen the Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay. Because I feel like Peacemaker's not too far off from what Duke Nukem should be. You know what? Good point. I granted, I'm saying that as somebody who's not a big Duke Nukem fan. So I would love to watch this movie. I'm going to see it day one. I I do not know why I'm so excited for this. They are going to probably screw it up, but like I'm super, super, super excited. Yeah, we'll see. It's a golden age of video game movies, baby. But here's the thing: is it's 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 the anti Duke Nukem was made as a parody of these kind of movies. Yeah, so like yeah. 
you have to go full into that and or else it's just not going to be fun you know get the pig cops you got to get like all of the uh, the aliens have to be done correctly wait uh, you have to get all the one liners if we're doing if this is supposed to be a parody and if we want to mm. skew older duke nukem david hasselhoff hmm oh my god oh, god. oh my god <laughs> Things to, things to think about, you know, just just things to think about. But are they good think, things? Think, let's talk about things we shouldn't think about. Like, let's, why are you making a Joker two? Yeah, let's send in the clowns. Joker two, folia de is cons. It is burned. a folly. Yeah, and uh, we also have some newly developing news, courtesy of the Hollywood Reporter. Lady Gaga is in talks to play Harley Quinn. Oh come now. And the movie is reportedly being developed as a musical. Wait, oh, Lady oh, Gaga! Wait, now. wait, you're lying. I am not lying. Why? I don't know. Joker Two is going to star Lady Gaga and be a musical. Joker Two what starring Joaquin Phoenix, Lady Gaga, and is a musical. Please tell me they actually sing "Send in the Clowns." I hope. I hope. <laughs> look, look. I hate. I hate the Joker movie so much. I hate everything about it. I hate what it stands for. The movie has so many things it wants to talk about and nothing to say about any of them. And it does it all under the most superficial veneer of being a Batman-adjacent property. I just... Ugh. But... I, I remember you, like... Or I, get, I don't know if you, like... Remember you saying you liked the movie. I remember there being one particular joke that you liked, and it was another one of those moments where you thought it was funny. I'm just like horrified. It's like how is I that feel funny? like it's the you get what you fucking deserve part. Yeah, I thought it was, that was great. <laughs> it was a thing of like another one of those things where between you and our other friend Jeff, where you're both like, "This is great." It's like this is horrifying. <laughs> I think that was a genuinely funny joke. I didn't have it coming, but it was genuinely funny. But. <laughs> The best descriptor I have for my opinion of Joker is that it is A-plus acting with a C-minus script. But unfortunately, that acting does not negate the C-minus script. Mm. But I'll probably still watch the sequel anyway, because... Yeah. I'm gonna let you guys finish off the show. I'm gonna pop out of here. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for hitting us with all that sick, fresh, nasty gaming news, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll see you guys for the review of our of Jurassic World and uh, the Marvel. Yeah, shows that we definitely didn't already record, and I'm not using yeah, editing yeah. magic to pretend that we did it later. Anyways, <laughs> bye. Adios. Bye bye. You got any more thoughts on Joker Two, Greg? Wasn't there a whole thing about them about Joaquin Phoenix saying that he wasn't going to do a second Joker movie? Yeah, that's that's another part of why I'm a little bit irritated. And I understand people could change their minds. Different circumstances can happen. Yeah. It could be that he had a really good time making the first Joker. But it feels kind of hypocritical to me because originally, back before Marvel had Benedict Cumberbatch for Doctor Strange, they were talking to Joaquin Phoenix, and he walked <laughs> away in part because he didn't want to be locked into a multi-picture movie deal. And he specifically said one of the appeals of making Joker was that it was a one-and-done and he wouldn't have to do it again. And it feels like he changed his tune because the movie made a billion dollars and got actual award buzz and had people talking about it like it's a quote-unquote real movie, which it's less of a real movie than most comic book movies, I think. But it just feels a little disingenuous. 
I'm not in a super huge spot to judge, obviously, because who knows what the inner machinations of one man's mind might be that lead him to make a decision, but I don't know. Just kind of soured me on it a little bit. I mean, if anything, I would be very curious about what thoughts or what happened that got him to change his mind. I imagine that the that the money probably is one, because let's yeah. be honest, Joaquin Phoenix is still a human being. <laughs> um, I mean, shit, if I was in his situation, I would kind of be like, you know, I know I said that before, but uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that is, in fact, a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, if someone says, like, oh, by the way, your previous project made a billion dollars, it's like... Oh, did it now? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm going to be completely honest there. But anything beyond that, I would genuinely be curious about that. Um, a musical? Yeah. yeah wow. It, it being a musical, that is kind of the part that does come... Like, not even Lady Gaga being in it, because as much as I... I don't hate Harley Quinn, the character, but I do think she's... I don't want to say too easy, but that's kind of what it feels like. She's overhyped and oversaturated in media. Yeah, and it's like, I am all for a good Harley Quinn. Like, I adore watching Margot Robbie being Harley Quinn. And Lady Gaga is a pretty solid actress. Yeah. But it is, it's kind of like what happened at the end of the Batman, which it was the whole thing of, like, they hinted at the Joker being in that universe. I, and I remember being next to you in the theater and being like, a fucking course. Yep, <laughs> yep. Not a it's, fan. Yeah, and it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't necessarily hate that the Joker sh- would show up in that, and the same vein that I don't necessarily hate that Harley Quinn is going to be in it. It's just more so one of those things of, I don't know if there's any other like noteworthy things that are a major player in Joker's life besides Harley Quinn and the Batman, but considering how long of it he's existed as a character, there has to be somebody else that they could pull from that would pull up to bring Joker in. doesn't really have much of a supporting cast because, you know, he's kind of the villain most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I figured, but still just kind of one of those things where... I think I fe- it'd be fun to yeah. watch him deal with, like, what you do is you do, like, the Riddler... You do Victor Zaz, you do some other serial killer type supervillains with gimmicks, and you set them up as Joker imposters or people who are looking to dethrone him as, like, the clown prince of crime, and how he deals with that. I think that's an inherently more interesting prospect than bringing in Harley Quinn, but again, that's in the perspective of, I'd rather not have a Joker sequel at all, but if we're gonna get one. I mean, I would be all for um, Riddler if the Batman did not exist. Yeah, that's fair. But otherwise, it's kind of one of those things where, <laughs> why a musical? <laughs> That's really the know. only thing that kind of turns me off, in all honesty, is that it's going to be a musical. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, but otherwise, kind of the usual thing, of follow close, see what happens. Yep. But we're not done clowning around yet, because we have some uh, additional Harley Quinn news. Oh, and sweet it's Jesus. animated show Harley <laughs> Quinn news. <laughs> I'm not seeing Sweet Jesus at the news about the show. I'm seeing Sweet Jesus at that segue. (laughs) Thank you. I'm proud of it. (laughs) Um, I worked all night on that segue. (laughs) It's been percolating in my brain all all day and all night. It's the best thing I've ever done, I think. And the fact that (laughs) and the fact that you enjoyed it so much means the world to me. Oh, don't, don't lie to our listeners. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. I made that up off the cuff. I mean, I will say I'm ha- happy to get more news about that show because the show's absolutely great. It's such Late a good summer is when it's coming out. Of this year? Yeah. Really? I thought it'd be way farther down the line. Nope. Late summer of 2022. Okay. 
find the official Harley Quinn Twitter account. I am all for that. That was a good time. I forget which subreddit, but the writers of the show did do an AMA, and it was a very insightful and entertaining read. And with people like that, it's like, all right, I am all for more of this show. This this is a good time, and it's being made by people who care and want to put in some interesting ideas, so I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Marvel news, my favorite kind of news. We have confirmation that a Thunderbolts movie is officially being worked on. I have no frame of reference when it comes to the Thunderbolts whatsoever. (laughs) Okay, so depending on which run you're talking about, the original pitch for the Thunderbolts was they were a bunch of villains pretending to be heroes so it would be easier for them to be villains. What? So, (laughs) at the time, Marvel was doing a a bit of a reshuffle. And most of their more popular heroes, like the Avengers and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. were shuffled off to a completely separate universe in order to be rebooted. And it was very unpopular, and they undid it fairly quickly. Okay. But in the main universe at the time, they were all missing. So a new group called the Thunderbolts showed up and started saving the day, and everybody loved them. And then it turned out they were a bunch of previously seen supervillains, led by Baron Zemo, I think. Hmm who were pretending to be heroes so they could gain clout and adoration and use that as cover to commit crimes. Only for roughly half the team to figure out that they actually liked being heroes and ended up turning on the scheme. Huh. I don't know if that's what we're going to get, because nowadays the Thunderbolts are more of Marvel's Suicide Squad, which is an inherently less interesting idea, but it's also a lot easier to make a movie out of, so that would not surprise me if that's where they're going. Okay. Wait, is it? I forget the character's name, but I know, like, he's, like, kind of the general. He runs, like, the big prison in the middle of the ocean during um, Civil War. General Ross? Isn't there a whole thing about him being connected to the Thunderbolts, or am I getting him mixed up? His name is Thunder. His nickname is Thunderbolt, but the two are unrelated. Okay. Also, he's dead. His actor is dead. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, William William Hurt died a bit ago, so. Interesting to note, they do have a director already set, Jake Schreier, I presume it is pronounced, and they also have Eric Pearson attached to write, and he was also a writer on Black Widow, so I wonder if that means we're seeing Yelena in this. I mean, it would track, I would say. I guess it really depends. Either this is... You know what, this probably is, like, sort of a Dark Avengers-type team kind of setup is what it could also be, because there was a time during Civil War, or after Civil War, rather, when Norman Osborn was... No, wait, was it at the same time? It was when Norman Osborn basically had control of the U.S. government because the Marvel Universe is a terrible, terrible place sometimes. <laughs> where Norman Osborn had his own Avengers team, and it was basically a bunch of supervillains dressed up as heroes, like... Scorpion, who was in the Venom suit at the time, was calling himself oh. Spider-Man. Moonstone was um, going around as Captain Marvel. Bullseye was pretending to be Hawkeye. Huh. So we might get that, because this could very well be the end game of Julia Louis-Dreyfus, a.k.a. Valent- Contessa Valentina Allegro de Fontaine, where she's okay. putting together some kind of team. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we get Yelena and U.S. Agent, but mm. it could also just be 
It could be a coincidence. She could be working up to something completely different. Who knows? I guess we'll find out when this gets announced and we get more details from Marvel. Because obviously, this is another one of those Daredevil series slash Nova project announcements where we know it's happening, but Marvel hasn't said anything. So we'll have mm. to wait and see, I suppose. Okay. And then right. rounding off the Marvel news, in September, we're getting a return to the Spider-Verse in theaters with Spider-Man No Way Home. Sony wants more money. Oh, they're still re-releasing it. They're releasing an extended version called Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version. Gross? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because, and I know I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again because I hate Sony and everything they stand for. Hmm. Presumably, this is going to include the deleted scenes that are advertised on the Blu-ray release for the movie that were cut out and not included on the disc. Oh, double gross. Right? Yeah, that's horrid. I can't confirm that's what's going to be in this, but it would not surprise me. That's... Ugh. It's like yeah. Just, ugh. I don't really have anything more to add to that than, ugh. That's kind of scummy. I'm probably not going to see this. Because, no. That's like, really scummy. No Way Home was already a big enough movie as it is. I do not feel the need to go see it again just so Sony can recoup some of their morbid money. Yeah, and get, and what all you'd be getting out of it is, I can't imagine more than, like, maybe ten minutes of I already bought footage. the Blu-ray, Sony. What else do you want from me? Yeah, exactly. With no deleted scenes on it. Yeah, that, ugh. Okay. So that's a bit of a bummer, but yeah, I guess we'll find out more as we get closer. It's coming out in September. Mm -hmm. So I guess what's left to do before we transition into the segment that totally was not filmed beforehand <laughs> and will absolutely be coming next once Nick comes back, wink wink, is this weekend's box office. Okay. The stupid dinosaur movie won. <laughs> <laughs> the movie also. Um, referred to as Jurassic World, or what is it called, actually? I don't Jurassic remember. World Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. That is a very forgettable title. Yeah, that's why I call it Stupid Dinosaur Movie. Fair. <laughs> I guess I guess that really doesn't narrow it down, though, so I'm gonna call it the sixth Stupid Dinosaur Movie. The sixth. Anyways, it what had a $145 million domestic weekend for a $392.5 million worldwide total. Okay. Top Gun Maverick took second place with a $51.8 million weekend for a $395.2 million domestic total, and it is currently sitting at $748.9 million worldwide, so good on you, Maverick. Oof. In third place, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, $5.2 million weekend for a $398.1 million domestic total as of today. And a $930.5 million worldwide total. Mm. Fourth place, The Bad Guys is still kicking around. $2.5 million weekend for a $91.8 million domestic total. And a $229.1 million worldwide total. And then in mm. fifth place, Bob's Burgers the movie took in $2.46 million this weekend. Only reason I kept that many digits is because otherwise it would round up to 2.5, same as the bad guys. <laughs> for a $27.2 million domestic total and apparently $28.9 worldwide. Okay. I'm surprised that one's still hanging on. It's really not. Again, like I uh, said last week, $60 million budget. Mm, fair. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> but good on Maverick for keeping that train going. Right. And I guess hats off to the stupid dinosaur movie for existing. I mean, I am glad that Maverick is still hanging on and seems pretty fighty because, uh, once again, very good time. Definitely worth a watch. Like, even if you're not into, like, military stuff, as a movie, it stands up. I know I've said that, like, a million times already. <laughs> yeah, but thank you for saying it again. Yes, it's a good time. Go see it. <laughs> but now I need you to get out so I can bring Nick back in so we can do this segment that is totally coming up next, and I have not just artificially inserted it at the end. This is a very funny joke, Greg! <laughs> I was getting ready to say, well, I mean, we are talking about my favorite Peel movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us tonight, Greg, and thanks for bearing with my stupid attempts to usher you out to make it seem like I'm more competent at this than I am. Anyways, <laughs> bye bye oh, Bye. Alright, Nick, I have a hypothetical would-you-rather for you. Oh no, what is it? Would you rather talk about one episode of Miss Marvel or two episodes of Obi-Wan? How is it hypothetical? We're we're doing both. (laughs) I lied. It's not hypothetical. Wait, uh, two episodes? Yeah, there were two episodes of Obi-Wan, because we didn't talk about episode three last week. Oh, yeah, because I wasn't here. here. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. I forgot what happened in episode three, I'm not gonna lie. Episode three was the one with the... Okay, so I guess we'll start with Obi-Wan. Let's just start with Obi-Wan. And I guess spoilers right off the bat, because if if you want to listen to us talk about Obi-Wan episode three and four, you're in it for the long haul. You've already seen it. This is the Darth Vader episode, right? Yeah, that's the one with the Vader fight. And also the one where I realized, oh, this show is just going to spin its wheels because, oh no, Leia's been kidnapped again. You know, okay, so I was watching this with my girlfriend, and legitimately, we were enjoying ourselves up until, like, the last half. It was the the conveniences, the absolute plot conveniences that What's-Her-Name gets for, yeah. um, for just finding Leia is the most dumb thing ever. There's no real reason given for why she's able to figure out that this secret passage is even there to begin with. Well, or why, I can, she I, even, I, I, why does she even investigate that particular domicile? Just because that one droid left? No, I'm more finding that she beats Leia to the rebel sympathizer. So Leia was going straight towards the towards the uh, the port. I mean, I guess you can make the assumption that she assumed that they would be going to some sort of a port or an out like, like to, to, to get them out of there. But like. How did she beat Leia there if Leia already had so much of a head start on her? Other I than guess force powers. Maybe. No, wait. It was pretty much a straight shot, so that rules out yeah, it... <laughs> Secret Tunnel having twists and turns while she took the high road. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It, the, 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 there was too many plot conveniences. That's what I don't like about her. I don't. Everyone online is like, oh, no, I don't like her. Like, like all the, the racist assholes are like, oh, she's black. That's why she's a bad character. No, it's because she's a bad character. <laughs> She's not written properly. She's not written great. She has no... There's nothing about her that's special. Like, she's... She's Dark Ray. She's literally like like Dark Side Ray. You know, she gets all the plot conveniences that Ray does, but she's a bad guy. Yeah, I still think most of it's intentional, but that was just some pretty... Sh- that... It was lazy. Being able to catch up with Leia is pretty lazy writing. And it was very lazy. I don't even dislike it because of what it does to, because of it making Reva seem impressive for no reason. I don't like it because I just really don't like when shows, especially shows with such a short episode count, just kind of play back and forth with the objective like that, where it's like, I figured, okay, episode two, they've got Leia, next four episodes are going to be, you know, keeping her safe from Vader and the Inquisitors and making their way back. 
making their way downtown, walking fast, faces past. They're Coruscant bound, Alderaan bound. That's no, 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 no. Yeah, and nope. Oh no, she's been caught again. Real, real glad we had episode two, and episode three. And quite honestly, the Vader fight was very subpar. I know it was supposed to be that way because Obi's out of practice and um, terrified. Didn't terrified because he has PTSD because this whole show is just Star Wars PTSD. But like it, it didn't feel like it was earned. Like this, this, this encounter wasn't earned for the show. The show did nothing to earn this. You know. Yeah, was, Vader just kind of rolls up too. Yeah, he's just there. Like there's nothing like setting it up. Like I mean, yes, it's Vader. It's classic Vader. It's James Earl Jones. They just want to have him on screen to sell tickets, or more or less to get viewers. You know. Uh, but there is nothing there that earned Vader's appearance. I would assume that the Vader, the first Vader fight, would have been at the very end. Like, if they were going to do it. But they're going to have another one at the end where it's going to be more of a legitimate fight. I just, I don't think it was needed or earned. I think the story was going well along the tracks without having Vader there to to completely... Because this episode felt like nothing really happened, really. Yeah. Yes, they found a rebel sympathizer yet to get off the planet. I did like the bit with the mole guy, though. The mole guy? Yeah, the guy where they caught a ride with him and he seems all nice and friendly and it turns out he's an Empire sympathizer, which is... That's neat. I actually genuinely liked that and the banter with the stormtroopers on the on the on the transport. Also, that was Zach Braff. Was it really? That was Zach. That alien was Zach Braff. Huh. I I really didn't. I liked the first half of the episode. Once we got into the village and we started dealing with all of the Inquisitors and Vader and you know R- Reva having all the plot conveniences, it started kind of going down for me. And the um, fact that Vader let Obi Wan get away, even though he could have just put the fire out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, good point. Could have just put it out. No big deal. You're Vader. It, it was just kind of meh, you know. Like or he could have gone around. Yeah, he could have just gone around. That's true. It's, <laughs> it's Vader. <laughs> He's not uh, going anywhere. I raise your fire with cliffside. <laughs> oh man, you could literally have just force jumped out of there. <laughs> so yeah, episode three did not really grab me because of it just it just felt like the last two episodes have been kind of unnecessary now i I liked the first half the last half was not great yeah and then episode four i've i forget most of it so basically i just saw it today basically episode four was uh ironically uh it was actually kind of important for star wars canon for one reason one reason only it made jedi fallen order actually canon I'm pretty sure most things that were made after Disney acquired Star Wars are supposed to be taken as canon, but do But tell. this is the first, like, okay, so the the base the base itself was actually premiered inside of the com- both the combo books, and it was the, one of the main parts of the last half of uh, Fallen Order. Oh. You know that scene where Obi-Wan holds the glass up with the Force? Yeah. That's a direct, literally the same thing happened in the game. Okay. So, like, th- this entire episode is pretty much the back half of that game. So All right. Uh, same idea, basically infiltrating the base. You know, said so there was a duel for Darth Vader in that one, but um, it's very similar to the game. So uh, it it basically made that game. You know, the events of that game are more. Uh, they haven't gone out and said it was canon, but a lot of the things from the game are actually in universe now in canon, like because hmm. of all the other media. So it, I mean, that's cool. And Tala was good in this episode. Yeah, I agree with that too. I love the uh the scene where uh. 
she like intimidates the fuck out of the other like officer under her. <laughs> then I am your commanding officer, and you will address me as sir. Y- yes, sir. Of yes, course. sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. I think that was I, really good. I, I really liked that scene. I liked everything with her. You know, in the infiltration. I, that, that's what. That's the kind of stuff I like about Star Wars when it comes to rebels. Is when they try to do the full spy thing. I feel like I can't tell from the interrogation bit. If Leia's supposed to be really good at not giving out information, or Reva is just really bad at getting information. Reva because, does <laughs> terrible. Because on the one hand, it would make sense that you're having difficulty extracting information from what is functionally Vader's child using the Force, or what? I, is she using the Force, or is she just trying to like? Because it's because it, I feel like trying to rip the information out of her brain with the force would be the would be the way that makes the most sense. And well, the that's quickest. that's she did it earlier in the show, so yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. So either she's really bad at it, or Leia's really resistant at it. Which, to be fair, she could be the sensitive. case. She is force sensitive. Leia also holds up really well against that weird torture droid thing that Vader sends up against her in Episode Four. So. Well, keep in mind, she is legitimately canonically Force-sensitive and has oh, yeah. very strong Force powers inside of her. One, because her father is fucking Darth Vader. Uh, and two, you know, Padme. I-, I would, I actually believe Padme had to be somewhat Force-sensitive. But also Leia's 10, so that really doesn't reflect well on Reva. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, potentially very Force-sensitive, but it's not 100% clear that's what's going on, so what it really looks like is... Reva cannot get cooperation from ten year old child. I can't wait till Reva gets killed by Darth Vader in episode six. <laughs> I I will say I did like both getting to see Vader actually really pissed off, but I was decently impressed with how Reva spun it to not immediately die. Yeah, she definitely spun it and yeah, she she saved herself pretty smartly there, but it I don't know. It was Honestly, most of the episode, like you said, is kind of forgettable. It's more or less just, oh, let's infiltrate this base. Let's get let's get Leia back. Oh no, she's escaping with a tracker droid. It's building up to Vader and the Inquisitors are going to storm the PAF's main hideout, and that's going to be where the real fight happens, because right. there's only two episodes left in this, which, whatever, but... It's almost like you didn't need to make this series if it was only going to be six episodes that are half hour. Like, 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 like is it... It's an hour each, but still, like it's it's it, it's almost well, like you didn't one, have to make this. This one was thirty eight minutes, and that's counting the recap and the credits. So yeah, that's that, that's ridiculous. That's why. Is, what's the point of even making the show? No, see, that's part of what pisses me off about these Disney Plus things is that they call them like six hour things, and it's like that's not even true if you do count the credits and the recaps. So just say six episodes. Don't say six hours. You're not giving us six hours. You're giving us like five hours and 20 minutes when all said and done and that's counting actual content so like but i don't, I don't know. know i'm forgetting something else oh so this might be uh i spaced out and missed something those two pilots who were strafing the fortress inquisitorious at the end do we do we have any idea of who they are because it's framed as supposed to be really tragic when that one guy wade dies and I don't care. He was he okay. It's they were established early on with him them bantering, so it established him sort of a relationship between the two, and then that ah. was that, that that was the whole reason that they did that was to show him dying. It was a ah. death flag. <laughs> Very good. Very good. No, I don't think so. 
I'm not some of our friends who are absolute Star Wars geeks who know everything about every single character, but like I, I don't think those two are important. I think they were meant meant to be, put weight to this battle. It was it was Leia's first encounter with death, at least in that context. You know, mm-hmm. like for something like for for uh, I think this is good. What's going to help mold her into becoming a rebel, right? Because that's in the end of the day, that's what they're tra- this whole show is trying to show. It's trying to show why she became a rebel sympathizer. Why she uh, would stand up to the dark side and the Empire and establish, you know, why she trusts Obi-Wan uh, yep. enough enough to, you know, give him the plans to the Death Star at the, at the beginning of Episode 4, so. That tracks. Mm-hmm. I think the only other thing I have was that that uh, trophy room was kind of fucked up. Yeah, it was kind of fucked up. Also, uh, like, everybody said that Jar Jar Binks was killed off there. It's not Jar Jar, it's another, uh, it's another uh, Gungan. Mm. But like apparently from rebels or something, I don't know. But like, uh, yeah, it was kind of screwed up. I I was hoping they would show more like classic characters in that. That would be kind of cool. But like, all of the Jedi's were kind of generic. I've heard someone named Terra Sinuve was in there, but nope. that name has little meaning to me. Me either. So whatever. Yep. I don't know. Want to miss Marvel then? Yes, I have things to say about Miss Marvel. So, it's kind of bad. <laughs> I'm going to disagree, but go on. You're going to disagree? That show was terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's just... It's not our demographic. It's not even that. It's just, it's hard to watch. And by hard to watch, I mean it's hard to actively enjoy because it feels like everybody's just kicking this teenage girl while she's down for no reason. <laughs> I have a hard time watching it because it's terribly shot and executed. I, th- no, I, I fucking absolutely hate the shot. not. I hate the shot composition. It feels like it's jumping to scene to scene every five fucking seconds. I fucking hated it. I was watching it because it's canon because Miss Marvel. That's it. That's... I did not enjoy one second of it. That is a phenomenally bad take. <laughs> <laughs> I I have. What do you see in it? What's good about it? The dialogue's terrible. The the fucking shot composition's absolutely horrid. I the watched way it, with it my jumps roommate. around is one hundred percent intentional and frantic. It's supposed to. I be hate it. Way. It hurt my eyes. I didn't. That's like That's because you're old. I'm not old. I'm I'm, I'm younger. Th- I'm younger than you. I think. Well, apparently you're old. Because I'm following bad... fine. I didn't like a single second of it. I thought it was very boring. I I know it was to set up the whole the, the whole you know. I I just didn't get anything out of it. I felt like it was meant for Zoomers. Like I felt like it was meant for fourteen year olds. The only real problem I have with it is just a lesser version of the turning red and Kanto problem, where it's not as bad for me. I want to stress that I do actually still care about her and her mom reaching some common ground and reconciling, but her mom is just mean. My dude, welcome to foreign mothers for the most part. Like, I I shouldn't say all foreign mothers, but I, like, I'm Hispanic. It's cultural. It's it's no, something. I, yeah, you know, I, like. Yeah, I guess. And like, to be <laughs> fair, I I grew up with my dad, so I don't have, I don't have that same perspective. But, geez, I mean, I guess we're still technically in non-spoilers for Miss Marvel, so I'll get into it more in a minute when we go into actual spoilers. But no, she's just like. She's just vicious and for no easily discernible reason. And it's not just her. Except for her dad, all the other adults seem like jerks. I will say this, I liked her brother a lot. He is usually more of a jerk in the comics. You see, here's another thing, is I have no attachment to Kamala because I've never read one comic. I I just, I like her attitude, that's it. I think I've got the entirety of her first volume up until Secret Wars happened. 
Wow. Yeah, no, I think I think she's a fine character, and I thought this was also... Like I said, the problem isn't that I think it's bad. The problem is that it's hard for me to actually enjoy watching it, because all the adults feel weirdly mean, but I'm sure they're making a point about it, and it's gonna go somewhere, so I'm gonna write it out. This is a weird inversion for me, where most of the time, with most of these Marvel Disney Plus shows... The first episodes have been super hype-generating, only for the finale to end up mostly disappointing me. But I think with this one, it might end up being the other way around, where it's starting off rough so it can build up to something that actually feels good, instead of letting me down with, oh, we're not going to resolve that, wait for the next thing, but... It was okay. I just didn't enjoy it. I felt like it was... Like, quite honestly, I, I felt like I was too old to watch it. I just... What'd you think of stuff like having their conversations play out through visuals on the wall? I thought that was really nice. I, I, I thought it was something that an art art film student did. I, I thought the whole thing, I, I, I don't know. I, I To me, I, it, didn't, it didn't do anything because this whole show is just like, I, I couldn't, there, it's like ADHD crack. Like there's, I, I know it's supposed to show Kamala's version of the world and what she sees, but like, it was hard for me to keep up with it. I was just, it was all over the place. To me, it hurt my head. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I just don't think all. the show is for me. I, I That's just, fair. I, I'm going to watch it because it's important and it's canon and there's a movie coming out starring Kamala. So push come the shovel, make Greg start watching. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, I have nothing really uh, to say about it because like it's just not my speed. So I'm gonna go a little bit into spoilers just for just so I get into specifics of it. Specifically, the parts that really make me upset regarding her mom are. When they're going to that tailor shop or whatever it is, so she can get the dress for her brother's wedding, and the guy says, oh, you're too short, and her mom at first goes, you're not, she's not too short, it's too long. And then her friend comes in, and they start gossiping, and then when someone reiterates that Kamala's too short, her mom just goes, you really are. It's like, what, what kind of fucking bitch statement is that? What, what is wrong with you? Stick up for your kid, for fuck's sake. And everybody, everybody acts like, oh, she's... They, they all keep giving her shit about fantasizing about superheroes. Superheroes are real in this universe! And yeah, I know 99.99% of kids who fantasize about superheroes aren't going to become superheroes, but this is a show where somebody very emphatically is, and even if you acknowledge that they don't know that, it's like, the Avengers brought back half the universe after five years. Some idolization is expected, I should think. Well, then, then again, you know, cultural boundaries, really. You know, keep in mind that that I I don't want to stretch too far into topics I do not know much about, but I, I given given what I see about she's Muslim, right? Yeah, it's against your religion to believe in more than one god, and I feel like that's kind of the route that they're going with it. Is I that, don't I don't think that's it at all. I don't know. Like but, I said, treading very 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 careful water here, but like yeah, you know, I don't know enough to talk about it, but like. To me, it felt like it was more of a cultural thing than anything, and mm. more like the, she she was expected to be into like you know girly things and not superheroes. And, that and was also, really more her about. her grandmother was clearly a superhero, right, of some sort, or she had superpowers because yeah. her mom because her mom seems very strained. Uh, it seems like there's a correlation between I hate superheroes and 
I keep talking smack about my mom, and I feel like that correlation is that her mom had superpowers and tried to be a superhero or something, and that did not pan out. Or maybe it did, and it led to some kind of strain between them, and that's gonna be the whole thing. It's hard to tell, because it seems like she might... She might still be an inhuman in this, from the way everybody talks about it in promotional materials. It sounds like it's not that the bracelet has powers and she has powers when she's wearing it. It sounds like it's the bracelet activated some kind of power in her, which means it could still be a Terrigen crystal in there. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm going to watch it, and hopefully I like it more. Okay, here's something I hope we can both agree on. Scott Lang having a podcast. Yes. A good thing or the best thing? The best thing. Thank you. And it was also nice to see him getting some merch at AvengerCon. Yes, it because... was. I liked AvengerCon, and apparently um, Marvel uh, Feige said that they enjoyed making MarvelCon so much for the show that they're thinking about doing an actual MarvelCon. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, oh, speaking, like... of, speaking of Kevin Feige stuff and tying it into the Scott Lang podcast, turns out the reason the Scott Lang podcast exists in the show is because... The one of the executive or the executive producer rather, uh, Bisha K. Ali, proposed initially that the reason why everybody knew about the Battle of Earth was because there were drones present who had been streaming it, mm. and Kevin Feige rightly shot that idea down because that's a terrible idea. That would suck all the tension and all the sense of drama out of there to be like, oh yeah, also there were drones floating around the whole time, live streaming it. Somebody was on there like, what's up streamers? It's your boy! Check it out! Avengers find some big purple guy! Make sure to smash that motherfucking like button! Scott Lang having a podcast is much better. Do you remember Shang-Chi where the guys were like, you know, on the train, like recording the entirety of that fight? Yeah, but there would be nobody at the compound to do that. There would be, because the compound was destroyed, so... There would be nobody left in the building other than the Avengers, all of whom have better things to do than be streaming, and nobody would have any indication to send anything there beforehand. Honestly, the podcast existing is even better because, picture this, right? You saw WandaVision, yeah? Mm-hmm. Sword talking about all the details from the Battle for Earth, like how Wanda came close to killing Thanos and Captain Marvel came close. Just picture this. They got all that from listening to Scott's podcast. Oh my god, that's... <laughs> like, somebody on Sword, somebody at Sword, it's their job to listen to Scott's podcast for Avengers information. Jesus. I love it so much. Do you want to talk about the dinosaur in the room? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So this weekend, Jurassic World Dominion came out. And it's terrible. Don't go watch it. Watch anything else. I fell asleep during it. I will say I was pleasantly surprised in that I was expecting worse than I got, in that I at least felt something a few times. And full disclosure, I hate the Jurassic movies. All of them. I think they're yeah. all stupid. Can I, I be just... honest with you? Yeah. I fell asleep right when Dr. Alan Grant got introduced. And wow. I woke up when the Gigantosaurus was attacking <laughs> Wow. So, I guess we'll start with no real spoilers, because a Giganotosaurus on the attack isn't really a spoiler. So, like I said, not a big fan of the Jurassic movies in general, because I couldn't wrap my head around, by the time I finally watched the movies, of you have this groundbreaking new genetic technology that can resurrect long-extinct species, and your best idea is to open a theme park? 
Are you stupid? The medical breakthroughs on this alone are incalculable, and you're just opening a theme park. Not even as a way to gain funding. No, 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 no. Hammond's whole endgame, the be-all, end-all, the, the finishing line was Dinosaur Theme Park. And then, I didn't watch the other two Jurassic Park movies, and then I watched parts of Jurassic World and found out about weaponized dinosaurs, and all I could think was, congratulations, you found the one idea stupider than a theme park. You know what's even dumber is this movie's just a corporate, corporate espionage movie, but with dinosaurs. That's and there's it. no reason for dinosaurs! <laughs> there's no reason! No, okay, can I tell you something? Yeah. This is the best thing ever. I showed, I watched the trailer with my girlfriend to show her, this is what we're watching, and she didn't, she refused to go to the theater with me, and I was like, she, 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 she I was like, she, she made a comment that made me laugh so hard, and I think you'll get it too. Okay. This movie is just studio executives being like, pick picture any ninja movie. A ninja espionage corporate movie. Add in dinosaurs. There you go. <laughs> ninjas versus dinosaurs. Ninjas, because I mean, every scene could be replaced with ninjas and still make sense. About, about as much sense as with, with the dinosaurs. As somebody who didn't fall asleep during the movie... The worst part about the movie is the movie is too long and there's no reason for it to be this long. It's you can tell that they did not have a trilogy planned out. They just decided to make one because so much of the first part of this movie has to go into setting up how Alan and Ellie and Ian get involved in how the, the plot. team get involved, yeah. But it's like you could have just you could have been building up to this at all in the last two movies, but clearly that wasn't your idea. And it's just, now it just feels unnecessary and, like, it's, there's entirely too much. There is, for as much as the marketing played up the catastrophe of dinosaurs living in the modern world and out on the mainland, there is barely any of that. I wish that the five-minute intro that was, that they cut and put as the teaser was the actual intro, because it actually sets the scene a little bit more. The one that they, you know, showed with the, the, uh, the drive-in stuff. Yeah. It set up it set up the rivalry between the 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 Gigantosaurus and the T Rexes. The Giganotosaurus. Whatever the hell it's called. The Jokersaurus, according to director Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> and uh, it genuinely like set up the scene a lot more than what we got, and I was just bored for the first like twenty to twenty five movies events of the movie, and I was like, this is just awful. I, yeah, I, I I did not enjoy it. Here's the thing. The books. Okay, so for those of you who do not know, Jurassic Park is actually based on a book. It was a book by Michael Crichton. There was one sequel to it, and it was The Lost World. So the first two movies are loosely based off of books. Very loosely in the second one. Very loosely in the second one, but still connected. You can tell they've run out of ideas, because, like... The first trilogy, I understand why they rounded it out to make a trilogy. Makes sense, right? Um, I'll take your word for it, because I never saw two or three. But still, why would you make a second trilogy over it? Does it even make sense? And here's the thing. They're leaving it open for a third trilogy, is what they said. Okay, see, here's the thing, and... I don't think it's a spoiler to say this isn't in the movie. I very much hope if there is another trilogy, that the final villain ends up being a dinosaur with human intelligence that can speak English. I would love that. And it's planning an evil scheme 
to make dinosaurs the dominant species. Maybe it's got a British accent and a top hat. I don't know. And it's voiced by <laughs> Tim Curry. And it, Tim Curry, I think, is kind of hasn't really been acting in a while. But Alan Malcolm Cumming. McDowell. Malcolm McDowell as, as the as the talking dinosaur sounds like a good David movie. Tennant. David Tennant as the talking T Rex. Because like humanoid, human intelligent evil dinosaurs. It feels like the inevitable endpoint of this franchise, right? It's like oh going no to this... no, the Fast and Furious crossover is going to be the endpoint. No, but I was actually going to make a point. It's like how going into space for the Fast and Furious movies. If you said that in the first Fast and Furious movie or in the first tr- three movies that that was going to happen eventually, somebody would say you're crazy. But yep. by five movies in, you start to think they're going to go into space at some point, right? That's inevitable. I feel the same way with with this intelligent evil dinosaur concept. It's like, I don't want it, but I feel like it has to happen at some point. And with that, I think we're good to get into spoilers. Oh boy. Oh, the ending? <laughs> I I was gonna talk about the beginning first. Like Oh boy. So I hate Logan. And I swear this is relevant. One of the reasons I hate Logan is that I utterly despise the fact that in a franchise that is about mutants and superheroes and super sci-fi robots and time travel... Oh, Logan the movie! I was like, what character was named Logan? I forgot. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. (laughs) 2017's Logan, directed by James Mangold. Part of why I hate that movie so much is that what ultimately causes the extinction of the mutant race is genetically modified corn. There is no (laughs) way to make that not stupid and unsatisfying and i acknowledge that's probably the point but i still hate it and in the same way the fact that in this movie about dinosaurs roaming free on earth where everything's been leading up to this the real big looming threat is a swarm of cretaceous locusts that were nowhere in the marketing is asinine so this movie not only jumped the shark it 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 I it poisoned the shark's water supply, burned its crops, and delivered a plague onto its houses. That's technically true. That technically <laughs> is entirely what happened with, with locusts, basically. And <laughs> uh. it, it's it's baffling that they would center the whole movie around giant locusts that threaten the food supply, so that way Biosyn's crops can be the lead ones. And like you're gonna get investigated for that inevitably at some point. Once once enough crops go missing and that correlation is heavily established, they're going to come looking for you. What do you think is going to happen? Well, they're trying to set up the whole whistleblower gimmick with, like, you know, uh, B.D. Wong's character and uh, Malcolm McDowell. Uh, or, or, sorry, Ian McDowell. Ian Malcolm. You got me talking about Malcolm Jeff McDowell. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. There you go. Who is just a delight to have. Well, he's always a, he's a delight in everything he's in, to be honest. That is true. So. <laughs> I I just I don't understand why this movie had to involve dinosaurs. If you wanted to make an espionage movie starring Chris Pratt, literally just name it anything else and it would sell. Because well, because the worst Pratt. the worst part is there's too many dinosaurs in this dinosaur movie, and by that I mean they're used in the wrong way. Because like I said, there's barely any dinosaurs in the mainland. There's the little bit at the beginning, and there's the Raptor Malta motorcycle chase scene, and then there's replace yeah. them with ninjas. Replace that whole scene with ninjas. ninjas, And it's fine. (laughs) Yep, replace it with ninjas and it's fine. (laughs) It really is. But, 
No, what I was getting at was, there's not enough of that, and there's entirely too much of just regular Jurassic Park dinosaur perils, where it seems like nobody can accomplish one single thing without almost getting mauled by a dinosaur, and it it's just exhausting. Yep. There is one, one really good moment of that, and it's that one dinosaur, the... The Therizinosaurus, I think. The the one with the really long Freddy Krueger hands. That oh. thing is terrifying. Yeah, the Theron... Ther... Theron is Ther- Therizinosaurus, I think. Yeah, okay. And that thing is terrifying. That one with, with the Pyroraptor, right? That scene? The one with the, the big-ass tail? E- no, the one with the Freddy Krueger hands. Yeah, the one... They were in the same scene together. Okay. Were they? All right. I believe so. Unless I unless I slept through that part again and just. I mean, it, it did fight the it did fight the Jokersaurus at one point. Jokersaurus. I will never understand why Colin Trevorrow decided to compare it to the Joker. They have nothing in common. <laughs> but no, I did genuinely like and feel tension during the scene where Claire is trying to avoid catching this thing's attention because apparently. That thing is herb is herbivorous, or it's an herbivore. It's just also territorial as fuck. Oh, so yeah. And the bit where she's like gradually sinking into the water to try and get away from it, and it is getting closer and looming over her is just actually really good. And it's about the only really good dinosaur bit in this whole movie about dinosaurs, which is utterly tragic. I think the other thing that we're miss- missing from this this trilogy is that Trevorrow. I mean. He's an okay director. What else has he done other than the Jurassic World movies? Like, oh, like he had a better idea for Episode Nine than we actually got. Yeah. Okay. So he's done nothing really. That's that major. Okay, that's just that I could think of. Nine. Well, okay. So he's done Safety Not Guaranteed, which is his his debut. It was a Sundance movie. Jurassic World, <laughs> The Book of Henry. Jurassic I've heard good World. things about Book of Henry. I've just never seen it myself. So he's really only done the Jurassic World movies, Book of Henry, and he got writing credit on the. Or wait, of was it Book of Henry or Book of Life? It might have been Book of Life. I might be giving him more credit than is due. I don't. I think know. I'm giving him more credit than is due. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. Also, there's too many characters between the between the main trio. The 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 old trio, the new trio, Ramsey, the pilot. There's just too many of them in this movie for nobody to die. I have to say this: Hollywood needs to stop doing this shit with movies. Like, just because they're they're like you know very successful, why do we need six movies about Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World? Like, like why do we need? I, I obviously money, but like. Why did you Why? market this whole movie based on the idea of, oh no, dinosaurs in the real world, it's a catastrophe, it's an unchecked ecological disaster, and then at the end it's just, no, it turns out it's fine. I've kind of run up, run out of things to say about this stupid movie. You want to yeah. just wrap it up and, Might and as well. uh, call it a day? I say don't go see it, but odds are you've probably already seen it anyway because it's making some bank. And also Chris Pratt's involved. And Chris so. Pratt's involved. And, like, it's not the worst thing ever. Like I said, I felt... 5% of a thing during this movie, which is 100% more than I was expecting. So, yeah. 
Whatever. Anyways. Anyways. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, follow us on Spoofy. And what Greg's not here to week? tell me Spotify. Next week is Lightyear. I'm actually looking forward to Lightyear. I'm not Same. gonna lie. I'm actually looking forward to that movie. And we'll actually probably not sleep through the whole movie. Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I guess like, comment, subscribe, tell us what we can do, you know, for topic ideas. What do you want to hear? Let mm-hmm. us know. Give Greg more crap for not listening to Welcome to the Black Parade. I can't believe that was a thing. Right? <laughs> I, I, listened to last, I listened to last week's episode and I couldn't believe that that was a thing. I was just flabbergasted. Anyways, Whatever. have a nice night, everybody. Bye.